The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Thunder Rosa and I talk to MLW's Court Bauer with some breaking news about the future of MLW on television. Also, we have our very own Gabby here on Busted Open with her segment, Gabby AF, and we talk about the turn of Soraya and Tony Storm from Dynamite this past Wednesday. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold, hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. 
to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Something I did want to get into today, uh, we didn't really hit on a lot following Dynamite on Wednesday, was uh, the turn that we saw from Soraya that as much as I think it needed to be done, I wasn't expecting it to be done as full force as it was uh, on Dynamite on Wednesday night. But I have to admit, seeing Tony in that form as well is the most natural that I've seen Tony Storm since I've witnessed her appear in AEW. Uh, I was never really sold on Tony as... It's hard to say as a champion, as a babyface, because I never felt like I got her story I never felt that she emotionally grabbed me into why I should care about her. As champion, as a babyface, as a leader in the locker room, I just never, and, and I don't think it's her fault. I just think the way things panned out, it was never a thing. I, did, I, I, I never got to care about her for who she was in the company. Aside from the fact that she's a great wrestler, it doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm just a very emotional person when I dive into people and the stories that they're telling that's how I latch on to who I care about and who I don't care about in a match and she never gave that to me but Wednesday night was the first time I was like damn I kind of like it you know she came out and she her and Soraya together as heels I'm kind of into like they look good together they have that same kind of rock dark little bit of gothic style with the leather and they look very good together and I think it was natural for Soraya to turn as much as she had the great story that she did coming back because she wasn't supposed to wrestle and you know she's she was paid she has this whole history and this amazing resume when she came in it just wasn't being bought by the AEW fan base because Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, these are the homegrown talent from AEW. And this is the people that we want to be behind. And I don't think it would have worked Soraya coming in being a heel because she needed the crowd behind her to make that match that she had with Britt Baker to be as emotional as it was. Because it was emotional and, you know, it was she was never supposed to wrestle again. 
and it was a miracle and it's a beautiful thing that she's back. And I think it was great that we could be behind her and the fans loved her. And the pop that she had coming back was one of the loudest I've ever heard. I had chills down my spine. And I remember I was talking to Dave about Soraya because I didn't watch her as Paige. I only know of her story from the movie and all these things. So as meaningful as it was, I knew it was meaningful, but it didn't strike me as much as maybe it would have for someone who's been around to watch it and know her story and was there firsthand watching her career blossom because she's so young. So I don't think it would have worked quickly, but I think the natural progression of it works very well. And it's the first time that I'm very invested in Tony Storm because she did this heel turn with Soraya. And then you have poor Sheeta, who had no idea it was coming, which I kind of like, because we thought Sheeta was going to be the angry one to turn, and then she wasn't. And it actually happened that those two turned. I think it was natural. I think it was smart, because don't push something down our throats that we don't want. And I hate when that happens. So, you know, when they had that tag match against Jamie and Britt, Soraya was getting booed. You need to lean into it. You have to, because if you weren't going to, I wouldn't have bought the story. And you know what it does? It really even amplifies the other women because Hater is undeniably over and so loved that if getting more heat on whoever's against her is only going to make her bigger as a babyface and as more credible as the champion, which I think is the right way to go, especially with her and Britt Baker. It's just not... I can't see the crowd turning on them ever, especially for Soraya and for Tony Storm, who are looked at as these girls. They're from WWE. So as an AEW fan watching, I appreciate that they are leaning into this because it makes sense and it's what I want to see. And I'm now kind of excited to see how this is going to keep going on with Soraya and Tony, which is something I was not into at all before doesn't mean I don't respect them as wrestlers. It doesn't mean I don't like watching them when they're on my TV, because I do. And listen, I'm all for the women's division growing and getting better, which I think that they are. And I think this will help lead them in the right direction by just naturally giving in to Soraya, who's going to be a heel with Tony, or however it's going to go, and keep building Jamie Hayter as this baby face, because the pops that she gets when she comes out, I haven't heard from a champion since Thunder Rosa was getting pops as a champion. And I'm not just saying that because you're there. That's how, yeah. that's how I feel about it. And it's the first time I'm excited to kind of see what's going to be next for Tony Storm or if they're going to talk, how they're going to address it, what's going to go on. Because now we have a feud I could buy into. I wasn't buying into it before. Dave, I know we didn't get to talk about this. What what did you think about that? Um, I mean, I I definitely understand where you're coming from, and I think you're right that the AEW fan base doesn't want to cheer uh, Soraya right now or Tony Storm, and maybe it does have to do with what you're saying about that. You know, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter are all AEW homegrown superstars, and they look at Tony Storm and Soraya as WWE, you know, performers coming into to AEW. But I, I got to be honest, I didn't like the way they went about this. I, I didn't like, I didn't like the promos where, like Soraya was kind of over the top, you know, uh, favoring uh, Tony Storm over Sheeta. It seemed a little bit like wonky, and Soraya came off very heelish, so it made it kind of obvious that something was going to happen here. And then, 
I would have liked it either a like one of those moments where Soraya and Tony Storm are still trying to get the accolades from the crowd. They're still playing into the crowd. And then there's that F you moment. Like like holy shit, like you didn't see it coming. Like, oh my God. Like that that didn't happen on Wednesday night. It almost felt like at some point you were gonna get this anyway, by the way Tony Storm and Soraya was acting. And then to your point, Gabby, about about like where it's like where they're from the the world of the WWE and you know, like you said in that that opening promo where Soraya got that big pop, but then she kind of went about it the wrong way, kind of like, you know, giving her resume and where she came from and kind of yeah. alluding to the WWE. Then run with that. Like run with Tony Storm and Soraya saying, well, we're better than everybody else because of where we came from. Like I just felt the way that they did it and how obvious it looked before Wednesday, it just felt like to me that it was a little too obvious and um, Soraya kind of came off in the promos in the back. Like, yeah, at some point, this turn is going to happen. I would have liked it if it was a bit of a more of a shock and a bit of more of a surprise for me. It's interesting you say that because I kind of like that they didn't do something like that for me because I think, you know, when they're, when she was doing those promos and when she was like, oh, to- like, they're both so great but and was favoring Tony, I as a female was like, damn, that's like a mean girl move. Like I already, that made me dislike Soraya right away. Right away I was like, that that's mean. This is like a mean girl move. And I think little things like that, for me as a fan, I don't need that big punch moment. I don't. I, I don't mind it when it's like you kind of know what's going to happen. And then you you have the match with Willow, who's uber babyface. The girl comes out smiling from ear to ear. She's so happy like that. Like you could, I don't think that it could have been kind of with the turn happening to a better, you know, opponent for the, for the night for Tony because the crowd loves Willow. Um, I do think it kind of sucked that it, it was a little bit less of a... Um, a rambunctious crowd on Wednesday night, as you could tell, especially yeah. from the difference where they were the week before. So I don't think the sell was as big as maybe it could have been. And I don't know if it was only because of how it was done or if it was because the crowd reaction wasn't as like popping as much as it was when where they were the week before where it was so loud. So I think that kind of played into it a tiny bit, but I don't I don't need the punch moment. I think it did shock me a little because, like I said, I thought it was going to be Sheeta that was going to turn. And I never thought that they were going to lean into it as much as it was. Maybe I'm just naive. But I think it was like the little... I like when they plant a little bit of seed so you kind of know it's coming. I mean, I don't... I'm just not like that. I don't need the big dramatic moment to be like, holy shit, to buy into it. Because if you are mean and you're a bad guy, you're just going to do it whenever you want. And it yeah, doesn't have to be dramatic, you know? I can but see that's that. just and me. But they kind of like yeah I, I I get it you're looking at it no no it's fine you're looking at it a different way like for me I guess I kind of like that bit of a surprise where you don't see it coming but you sort of even in the beginning of the match if yeah. I remember like you know Willow Nightingale like you know Tony Storm gave extended her hand to Willow Nightingale Willow Nightingale went to to you know Reddit, shake her hand yeah. and she slapped her in the face like it's like like you said Willow Nightingale is is very over right now the fans love her so. Like by doing that, you're already like, all right, Tony Storm is something's happening here with Tony Storm. This is not the Tony Storm that we've just seen like a couple of months ago. Right. But I think it works. 
And like for me watching, I knew, I, I mean, you can tell in women's faces and like their attitude if they're going to turn. Like that's just, I, I think it's just something you can kind of tell um, when it comes down to it. But, you know, I I don't know what the future is going to hold. I know people were disappointed when like Mercedes didn't show up and everyone's like, oh, she is going to turn and hit mm -hmm. Tony and then Mercedes is going to show up and like whatever. I think given the circumstances where that did not happen and people were upset and all that kind of shit, like this was such a good way to transition the situation because we don't know how things change behind the scenes or what was supposed to happen or what's going to go on. Like we're, we're just fans. We need to enjoy what's given to us on the plate that we have. Like that's how I feel about when I watch it. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm handed. Let me make the best of what I'm handed kind of. But I, 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 I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from too, but I'm excited to hear what Surya has to say, what Tony has to say, why, why they're going about it this way. I think if they're going to continue this feud with Britt and with Jamie, uh, it's only going to be good for the women's division right now because these are leaders that have been around and, and they're leaders in the locker room, they're leaders in the ring. But that doesn't mean I also don't want to see what we've talked about when it comes to Britt and Jamie because that has to happen at some point as well. Um, but I think this is kind of, um, what's the word, like continuing that journey to keep going so that that doesn't happen anytime soon. Like now I kind of know that's not going to happen anytime soon. Because it can't. Because now you just went a completely different way in the storyline. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't hate it. I think it needed to be done. And I think it's a good transition. And I think is a better heel. I, I, I do. I think she sells it better than being a baby face. Like, I said to you, and I don't even know if you remember this, but when Soraya showed up, I and she said, like, this is my house now, like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like... I was like, that's kind of annoying though. Like why, why would she say this? She just showed up and you're like, no, Gabby, like that was her thing that she said. And I said, oh yeah. Like I forgot that that was like her thing because I didn't follow it. Yeah. So I was like, who does she think she is to come in and say like, this is her house. Like, and the, and the one moment of, of the tag match that I loved was she was like, this is my house. And like Britt kicked her in the face and I was dying laughing. Like, I don't know why it just made me laugh. But I said, I've never seen anything more symbolic in my life than her coming in and saying to the person who's been here since day one, like, it's my house. And she's like, no, it's not like kick in the face because that's symbolically exactly what the problem is. And that's why AEW is so behind these women. They want to be behind the people that are these homegrown talents. And if you look at a lot of the champions in AEW right now, they're relying on these homegrown talents and it's a risky move to make. And, you know, I know we had the CM Punk conversation. We miss these kinds of people that are the draws, but I'm a very simple fan and someone who's followed from AEW in the from the beginning. I appreciate these champs being these homegrown talents through AEW and I think that they're carrying well and I like that they're making like quote unquote outsiders now the heels in this women's division. I think it's a nice shakeup and I think it's it's what the division needs right now. That's that's my take on it. No, it's a good take. What do you think? Thunder, Thunder? do you have any thoughts? I feel bad. Sorry, I was talking a lot. No, no, it's great that you have a lot, uh, you know, to say about how you feel about the AEW Women's Division. Um, you know, being in the shoes that I, I was as, as a former NWA uh, champion and coming in as an NWA, like, you always are painted as somebody that don't belong there. And um, it is easier to go as a heel in that aspect, right? Um, but when you are a heel and you're not forced, but the fans take you more as as a baby face it's it's a hard 
uh, change to make. Honestly, it's not as easy as people think to just be a, a fully baby face because there's a bunch of stuff that you can't do as, as a baby face that you will do as a heel. Right. And it's, it's just a very fine line. And um, that can water you down a little bit, I feel, um, uh, because you you lose some of that uh, that hump. Right. That it, that when you wear a heel and then they turn you into a baby face and then they're like, oh, my God, like she sucks as a baby face. You know, it's like, man, like, you know how hard it is to switch yeah. from one to another in the next day. And I can tell you, I mean, I can only talk in my own experience. I mean, I I turn into a baby face because how people were so drawn into Thunder Rosa. Right. And um, and it was it was hard for me to do it. And, and because of how fiery and, and how aggressive I am as a uh, as a wrestler. But <clears throat> sorry. If they have a, I, I, I saw something on, I think it was a reel on Instagram. Somebody was saying that they might have a, this is all speculation. I have no clue. I saw this and I was like, oh, this is actually a pretty cool idea. They have blood, the first blood and guts. Um, and it will be like AEW talent versus, you know, outsiders. And, um, you know, that's the, specula the speculation that is, it is online. I was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Um, but yeah, man, when you are uh, when you have uh, women that are experienced that have been that have worked in other places such as Tony Storm and Saraya, and then have them against uh, homegrown talent from AEW, it's it's just I think uh, the obvious way to go, and um, and people will be more into it per se. We're not saying that it will happen, but uh, it's it's pretty pretty obvious. But sometimes the obvious is not the best option. Right. But um, I think um, it, it's good. It's 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 something different. And I think uh, AEW fans appreciate when they have something different and they're not giving the same the same stuff all the time. And, and But with you, Thunder, it's interesting that you compared it to like when you're coming from the NWA, because there's a few things. One, you aren't coming from the WWE. So I think it's more about a WWE thing than than being an outsider outside mm -hmm. of AEW. Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing is when you came and had that match with Britt Baker, there was no fans. You know, no. that was during the lockdown. So I wonder how the fans would have reacted to you if uh, there was actual, you know, uh, 5,000 fans at right. Daly's place you, instead you, of just I, the wrestlers. I think, it, I think it would have been insane, to be honest. But I think that what makes it so special is because of what it represented and where we were at the time in professional wrestling, more than having fans in, in the ring. And like people were drawn into it at home. And you know how difficult that is, is to like, not so much draw the people's attention in, in, when they're live, it's just people at home. I think for me, that's the most special part of it. And yeah, you're right. I, my the situations are different. I was invited to come to uh, AEW and the, and Tony and, and Soraya, they decided to come and actually uh, work for AEW. So um, I don't know. It's just going to be really nice to see what, the storyline will be in the next couple of weeks, maybe months, and um, how unfolds. I will be watching very closely, I think. Um, since we're talking about AEW, I'm probably going to be coming back on the road pretty soon, not to wrestle, but uh, we're going to be out at AEW, uh, nice. you know, showing face and being around all this stuff. So it's going to be really nice to see everyone and, and to see uh, how things unfold. One 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 last thing, Gabby, in regards to Soraya. I think the biggest thing, and Bully talked about this when it happened, is I I really think it it really got off on the wrong foot almost immediately the first yes. time Soraya took the, to the microphone 
because she wanted to make it clear of, of her accolades and what she's done. Yeah. And when she did that, it was like, you know, Britt Baker standing there like, who gives a shit? Like, you know, you've won championships, but you have you haven't won them here. And, right. you know, you had great matches, but you haven't had those great matches here. And I think AEW fans felt the same way. I think they were very happy to see Soraya back. But at the same time, it was kind of like when she started going through her resume and talking about her accolades, I think it turned a lot of AEW fans off. So it kind of went in a completely different direction because think about it. CM Punk comes in and he has gone for wrestling for seven years. Seven years. Right. And, and he was like, you know, people were happy to see him back. But you could tell that he was falling back in love with pro wrestling. You know, uh, Soraya was gone for almost five years, but she almost wanted to make it clear to everybody about who she was and who she is. And and I think AEW fans took that the wrong way. So it never really got off on the right foot, you know, other than that moment right. in Queens at Grand Slam when she first came back. I completely agree. That's how I felt as a fan watching that she came back to be like, I'm here to fix everything because I did this, this and this and I'm deserving of it. Whereas CM Punk came in almost more appreciative of just being back. So it was a completely different return. So I got the, the exact same kind of feeling that bully had with it but you know you had to sit back and roll with it because she did have that little bit of love in the sense that this is someone who was young and had a terrible injury and was never ever supposed to wrestle again how do you not also feel happy to see somebody like that back in the ring you know yeah and and, and AEW's always been the alternative of wwe right so when when punk came back and had that first promo he said he left the world of pro wrestling when he left ring of honor like, he made right. it very clear that his time in the WWE was almost like a time he wants to forget. Like, he left the world right. of pro wrestling when he left Ring of Honor. Where And, and, and AEW fans are going to be receptive of that, where yes. Paige wanted to remind everybody about all the things that she did in the WWE, and AEW fans don't want to hear that. Yeah, it's almost also to, like, let your resume speak for itself, in a sense, because... so I get what you're saying and I also understand kind of why she did or be humble or be humble and say you know what this is a new beginning for me this is a new start I can't wait to have you know the the start of my second career here in AEW and maybe things would have been a little bit different for Soraya but I do agree with you Gabby that I think she works better as a heel yes and I and I and I love it. I like the I like the pairing of her and Tony. And I'm now excited to see. I think the women's division's only getting better, which I love seeing. Just a special honorable mention to that bloody match tag match between Ruby Willow, um, Anna, and Tay that happened last week because it was insanity. And it's just I'm I'm excited to see what's progressing for the women's division. I'm excited to hear that uh, Thunder will be back on the road with them because that's all positive things that hopefully we can see soon. So it's all good things, and I'm here for it. And now we'll just watch and see what happens. NFL fans, right now on the SXM app, hear in-depth coverage of your team with the Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. It's all the analysis, all the breakdowns that matter to you, hosted by the players who play for your team and the fans who eat, sleep, and breathe it. 32 diehard fan bases, 32 podcasts. The Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. B-L-E-A-V. Search Believe in, followed by your team on the SXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. How you like me now? Because 
I feel like that's what Court Bauer is saying this morning as the news broke. And I'll let Court come in. And Court, uh, thank you as always for the time. We appreciate you. But uh, it looks like February 7th for you is going to be a big day, maybe the biggest day in MLW history. You know, we've 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 been blessed with a great roster and a great team for years. And everyone's like, oh, I didn't know about Jacob Factor. I didn't know about Alex Hammerstone. Well, you know, you could watch on VN. You could watch us on YouTube. But really what we needed was a big platform. And finally, we've put in a lot of work. We put a lot of work into this deal. It's finally here with Reels, which is a top network, ranked 24 to 27 each and every week. And just to give people kind of perspective, like, USA and and TNT TBS they all hover around like that number eleven to fourteen mark in the rank in the rankings so we're not that far we're in the neighborhood we're saying hey guys what's up you know <laughs> access is like ninety eight ninety nine and Vice was like seventy seven and and VN was like ranking one twenty seven so we leaped literally a hundred channels into a whole new we're moving on up in the neighborhood no and that's important and you know Core I know you've been really struggling to find a home or a good home. Uh, for MLW because the product is great and you wanted it to be reflected by who was going to be playing this show. And sometime life works that way where you think like, oh, an opportunity has been missed, but then you get this opportunity like the one it is now. And Reels is a channel that probably all cable companies have at this point, you know, um, and it's also a growing uh, channel as well. It keeps growing. And as we were talking about before you came on court, where most channels are falling under uh, the whole cord cutting and people canceling cable. That's not the case for reels. It's growing because of the content that, that, that is on that channel. You know, I'm a big music guy, amazing music documentaries that are on reels. And now it's, it's the home for MLW and I can't be more excited for you. Yeah, we're really pumped and, and we're going to, you know, they're real, they're really supportive and you want a network to be supportive. There's networks like, yeah, we'll see what this is about or wrestling's house. We're going to give it a shot. These guys are all about it. They were tracking us even as far as back as when we were on vice and they're watching. So they've been into MLW even before we could have a conversation. So we're very excited about that. And we're going to be marketing with, we're going to have some cross marketing benefit from on patrol, which is the biggest show on cable on the weekends, number one, unless there's college football, that tells you how big on patrol is, which used to be called live PD, or it's a, it's a, it's similar to live PD. I should say. It seems like it was yesterday when you, we had a conversation about, you know, you moving to another platform and that you thought it was going to be big, but this is huge. And um, one thing you mentioned off the air, which is very, very important. You had to tune out from a couple of, uh, you know, social media stuff and uh, comments from the naysayers. Uh, tell our, our our audience a little bit more about how you, when did you make the decision to like really focus on your goal, which was to make MLW bigger and put it on a bigger platform? I, I probably during the summer, I was just like, you know, you, you go down Twitter, you go on social media and my role, I'm supposed to hype, supposed to promote. But then it's like, you know, we got into this phase where like, especially in wrestling where every promoter at the high level is like out there hyping, hyping and taking all the credit and saying, look, love me, give me my flowers. I'm over, I'm delivering all this stuff to you, you know, bow down. I'm like, it gets so self-aggrandizing that it gets tacky. And I'm like, you know what? The, sh- the, the shit speaks for itself. The work should speak for itself. I'm getting out of here. Let everyone else go make all the noise. I'm going in the other room. We're going in the, uh, 
in the, in the meditation room for a little bit and just focusing on doing the good work and putting in that energy into that. And, and it's an old thing that Wale used to say to me like a lot when we were like focused on doing Wale manias and stuff. And that was shine, you know, still here, ignoring negative energy. And it sounds funky, but it's such an important thing. And it's been, you know, for his career, for my career, I think it's just focus on that and just put in the work for not just yourself, your company, the, the, the men and women out there killing themselves in the ring and all the crew in the back, they're putting in all those long hours for production, everyone on the team. It's, it's so more, it's more important to focus on that than just going out there and, and trying to get a retweet. I mean, that's it's after a while, like retweets don't pay. The work you put yeah. in pays. Yeah. Um, David, sorry. I had a follow-up. No, question. go ahead, please. <laughs> um, also, can you tell our audience how important it was for you and for MLW to create a plan? Was always a plan for you guys to be on TV? Or it was like one one day to another, was like, oh, we're going to be on TV. Like, how did you make this happen? Because that's, that's a very important step to become, sure. you know, to where you are. Yeah, I mean, like, I, well, I was... They, they twisted my arm, Wale and, and Jared St. Laurent, to do one show, come back in 2017. And I did it. And then I found myself getting the bug very quickly. And within a few weeks, I was having meetings in 2017 and late 2017 with networks. And we, we pitched VN Sports, which at the time was like in, you know, 30 to 40 million households, was huge with soccer and sports, was growing. And we're all around the world. And then, unfortunately, by the time we signed the contract, they had carrier disputes and they lost direct TV. They lost contacts, lost virtually all their support. So we went from like down to four or five million. Then it got smaller and smaller. So by the time I landed my first national cable network deal, the network was in a, a really rough position. And, and so, you know, then it's okay, let's go back and rebuild. So we rebuild, we close a, a very transformative uh, streaming deal and had an opportunity in cable. And then You know, a certain billionaire disrupted those deals. So, okay, you get knocked down by a billionaire. You've got to dust yourself off and bootstrap it again and get back up. And no one's going to care and have sympathy for you. Just go out there and do it. And you hold the people that fucked you accountable. And that's what I'm a big fan of. Well, I'm just glad that MLW has a home because we've talked about MLW a lot here on Busted Open. As you know, Court, uh, I'm a big fan of the product that you present. I've been kind of waving the flag, and you've been good enough to make me a part of some events, which, again, I that's what I love is I, I love to be able to promote our community. And MLW is a big part of our community. But now I can give like a designated night, a designated time, and a designated channel. That That is huge, as you know, yeah. Court, because with a lot of the other programming that you had before, you really had to search for it. But now it's like Tuesday nights here on, on Reels TV starting on February 7th. Like this is where it could be. And it's like a, a whole new, not even a chapter for MLW, but a whole new book for MLW, but it all starts with the talent and you have yeah. such great talent, a part of MLW. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about even beyond what's going on with the TV deal is the event that's coming up on February 4th in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. uh, the old DCW arena, that 2300 arena. It's kind of become a home for you, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in a lot of oh, ways. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and, and, the, and that East coast Philadelphia crowd loves, you know, that, that product that you give, but the, the, the show that's coming up on the 4th of February might be one of the better shows that you've ever presented. Talk a little bit about what we're going to see in Philadelphia on the 4th of February. Well, and some breaking news here on Sirius, I'll tell you this taping in Philadelphia, February 4th 
is going to be the first official MLW underground taping for real. So you'll be a part of history if you come out and we're stacking that lineup. We got Hammerstone versus Fad 2-2, a rematch two years in the making, the biggest rematch in MLW history uh, with a big rivalry there. Then we got a dumpster match, which features Enzo, a.k.a. Real One, Microman, Mance Warner, and a wildcard entry. Someone, multiple people are going to toss that dumpster. We'll see what happens there. Then we got Leo Rush versus Davey Richards. We have Ricky Shane Page in a hardcore match against one called Manders. Taya Valkyrie versus Delmi Exo. We got the Dragon Gate coming from Japan. The Twin Gate Championship tag team titles will be defended here for the first time ever. John Morrison's on the card. Lindsay Dorados defend the World Midway title. Uh, Willie Mack, it's a who's who card. And we haven't even announced like half the matches. It's going to be a big one. Go ahead, Thunder. The question that I have, and I've been wanting to ask you for a while. Mm. How are you planning? The show sounds great, by the way. Let's move forward. But how do you plan to grow the women's division at MLW? That's a big one. First, you have to have a credible champion and then slowly build out. And the one thing that we struggle with, really, it's like we have like five men's titles and now we have one women's title and it's trying to get them more time. Now we have two weekly shows, two hours of original programming per week. We have MLW Fusion, which now is going to be streaming exclusively on pro wrestling TV. And then we have MLW Underground on Reels Tuesday nights at uh, 10 p.m. starting February 7th. So now we have more window, we have more opportunity to bring more women. We're doing more women matches and that has been such an important part. So ties defend the title. We have Becca debuting from New England and we have Billy Starks and we're gonna be announcing some more stuff soon uh, for this car. We wanna build out and have multiple women's divisions. We have a featherweight division, maybe there's an atomweight division. We're just trying to get that thing up and running. And the more time we have, the more hours, we have to put them out there, the more we're going to have the chance to do that. I'm going to keep tabs on that. Better. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, like to Thunder's point, as I said earlier, it is about the talent, building up that talent. And now that you have TV and now that you have home and a, and a channel that, you know, everybody has and will be able to watch, that's going to help you, Court. To, it's going to be just more appealing for people that are now going to want to work with you uh, at MLW. Yeah. And you know, the crew that got us here, it's really important. You know, some of these guys have been here for four or five years. Richard holiday is the most tenured veteran in MLW. He's been here for four plus years. Uh, and, and we're going to have some good news on, on that front in, in the, the, the weeks and months ahead. He's, he's come along with his, his cancer and, and, and his, uh, his treatment. So, you know, it's building that, that roster and they, along with us, it's all connected. You know, it's not just one person. It's not just one production guy. It's the whole team that builds us and makes us work. If, if, you, if you don't have a great roster and they're not killing it out there, you don't have great production people, you don't have great staff, it, it doesn't work. You need them all working and connecting and meshing. And so, you know, it, it's, I look at this roster and I'm so proud of it. They've, we've really found a great roster. And, you know, during the pandemic, it got weird. You're doing empty arena matches. You're not sure who's over. You're not sure yeah. your ideas are over. You're not, you're like doing wrestling in outer space and you're just trying to entertain the fans and give people, you know, a good time and also, you know, pay your talent, keep them moving and active. So it's, it's like, it isn't like the best condition. So then coming out of the pandemic, it's like, you got this weird creative rust on it. You're trying to figure out from a matchmaking point of view, all right, who's over, what's over, are my instincts way off? And that took a while to kind of get there. And I think right now we're really locked in. Um, 
February 4th in Philadelphia, as you just said, and thank you for breaking that here on Busted Open, that that, that show is going to be the premiere episode on February 7th on Reels. And the main event is for the World Heavyweight Championship, uh, Hammerstone and Fatu. Those are two guys that you put a lot on and you had a lot of faith in. And and I've seen Hammerstone really grow in that role. And, you know, in the ring and on the microphone, Jacob Fatu, as you know, Court, is one of the best wrestlers, most athletic big men that I've seen in recent memory. You know, you just used the word proud. How proud are you of Alex Hammerstone and Jacob Fatu seeing this main event that's going to play out uh, on reels in Philadelphia? How proud are you of those two wrestlers? I'm extremely proud, you know, to see where they both debuted the same night in Philadelphia in uh, February of 2018, 2019. I can't remember what year, but they both debuted the same night. And to see them ascend into being the faces of MLW and seeing us usher in this new era with them front and center is so important. And, you know, we also have the storied families of wrestling. We have the new British Bulldogs, David Roy Smith Jr., his, his cousins, Tom and Mark Billington. And if you look at Tom Billington, he looks like his uncle, Tom Billington, the dynamite kid. You, It's same hair, same face. It's like he was cloned in a lab in England and brought <laughs> over. It is wild. We're working on getting a clone of Matilda the Bulldog. Stay tuned. But in the meantime... <laughs> You know, we have these storied wrestling families, whether it's the Simone SWAT team with Lance Anduwai and and Jacob and, and Big Juicy, uh, the, the the Bulldogs, you know, so it's it's always been a part of the fabric of MLW's great talent, the, the multi-generational wrestlers, then the new cutting edge wrestlers. You can go back to 2002, 2003 and look at the roster all the way to today. We've always had that blend of guys from Terry Funk to the then back in the day, new era guys like CM Punk. And now it's the same thing in 2023. Um, Court, I'm excited. Thank you for the exclusive information. Thanks for coming on with us first, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of outlets that want to talk about this. But yes, it is true. It broke earlier this morning, uh, February 7th, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Reels. You're going to be able to start seeing MLW Wrestling there. They finally have a home, and it's a big one. And make sure that you be a part of history. Uh, go to MLW.com for tickets. Uh, February 4th at the old DC W Arena, the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia. That will be the first time that you see MLW Wrestling on Real. So be a part of history. Make sure you get tickets and be a part of what is one of the most historic venues in the history of pro wrestling. Court, thank you for being a great friend. Thank you for being a great friend here on Busted Open. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, yes, enjoy, thank you, the, thank you. enjoy the weekend, buddy, because after that, you're going to be working your ass off. But All Court, seriously, time. thank you. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. And just remember, MLW and pro wrestling is now reels. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.